I'm Jakob Voigt, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled Boost, a series specifically created to boost business in South Africa by letting passionate and com committed business people share their stories. In this episode, we're chatting about educational infrastructure for poverty relief. We're chatting about how um, the correct infrastructure can unlock a child's imagination and create possibilities for a bright future. I'm joined by Marianne Wagner, Director of Breedline Africa. Marianne, welcome. Hi, good morning, Yaku. Thank you. So we always start the show by just uh, giving our listeners a little bit of a background of uh, who you are and how you got to where you are. Uh, right. I um, I joined Breedline Africa in 2014, um, and I had a career of over 20 years in the oil industry. So I spent time in South Africa and overseas. And then when I left the oil industry, um, it sounds so cliche, but I wanted to do something that had more purpose, and I wanted to come back to South Africa. So I spent 10 years in London, and I wanted to feel like I was making more of a difference in the work that I was doing. Okay. Oh, what a beautiful intro. I think that making a difference, uh, isn't that something we all battle with sometimes? Um, so let's jump straight into it. What does Breedline Africa do? It's, it's quite broad. Um, and I'm going to try and summarize it as best I can. Um, our primary focus is on providing infrastructure and that is educational infrastructure and educational infrastructure in impoverished communities. So we work at preschools, ECD centers, and we work at primary schools. And at ECD centers, we either add to their existing infrastructure or we replace unsafe infrastructure. So most of the time, we're replacing shacks, in summary, with classrooms, toilets, kitchens, sick bays, um, anything to help them to get to become more financially stable or to get registered for uh, for child grants. Um, and then um, is there a specific area that you guys work? Or is it throughout the entire South Africa, southern region? It is right across South Africa, um, across all nine provinces. We are pushing a lot this year into the more rural areas because a lot of rural poverty is hidden poverty and a lot of charities tend to work around sort of big centers. So we're doing that, working together with partners that are active there, and we are trying to identify sites that get very, very little assistance. But we do a lot of work Eastern Cape. Um, I'm up in the very remote areas of Eastern Cape in KZN. I would say uh, that most of our structures are in the Western Cape purely because our, our office is based here. But we work with over 20 different suppliers right across the country. So, yes, we, we go national. And then we, when you have a partner like that, you will then typically uh, identify a site um, and then see what uh, infrastructure is, is missing and then uh, yeah. fix it up or, or improve it? or It's both, actually. So we um, either the principles apply to us uh, through our website. Um, it's normally word of mouth. They see another ECD center that's received assistance from us. They contact us and ask for help. Or our partners refer sites to us, which is really our preferred route because then we know the partner is active on that site and helping them. Um, what then happens is we do site assessments and then we have a certain um, criteria that that center has to meet. Um, we look at what is it going to cost. That may not just be additional um, shipping containers or prefabs supplied by us. This year we're looking also at ECD centers that have good brick and mortar structures but the roofs are leaking, and so therefore they've been deregistered 
um, it's not conducive for learning. The water's coming in through winter. And we're saying, you know, let's have, let's help those ECD centers. We've got a few in Lunga that we're looking at at the moment and saying, you know, let's, let's fix them up and let's make them safe. Um, it's not just about supplying new infrastructure each time, but yeah, it's enabling centers, um, to become a safer environment for children. And, and Breedline Africa itself, how long has the organization been around? We started in 93. Um, so this is our 30th year. So it's quite an exciting year for us. Okay. Um, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a big milestone. And we also had set ourselves some very ambitious targets uh, five years ago and said, let's see if we can become the largest charity in South Africa providing infrastructure. And we said, let's double our target in the next five years. And we pushed and placed um, the 1000 structure last month in, in Cape Town. Oh, wow. So, yeah, and, the, and the year's like, not even out yet. Um, and then, um, no, no. how did Breedline, how did it start? Um, it actually started out of Catholic welfare development in Cape Town. Um, it grew mm-hmm. out of there as a grant giving organization. And then it branched into Breedline Africa, Breedline donating the poverty line. And, um, and from there was giving out grants in the early nineties. Um, and then saw the need, uh, for assistance required at early learning centers. And that's how Breadline started providing shipping containers. Um, you know, we've got containers now that are 30 years out there. Um, and oh. then over the years, we sort of said grant giving is actually, it's quite a difficult, difficult thing to monitor and evaluate. And we really want to make impact in the early learning space because that's just so important for South Africa's development and growth is that young children get a chance to attend a preschool and work through the foundation phase. And that's when our focus then said, let's, let's do everything to support the younger child. So that, that, so particularly children under the age of six, but it's in the literacy space where children haven't had the opportunity to go to an ECD center. We also put in primary school libraries as well, because I think, you know, you may have heard recently from the reading panel that the literacy stats in South Africa have actually got worse since 2016. Mm. So we now have um, 82% of children under the age of 10 in South Africa that cannot read for meaning. So there's uh, yeah, a huge challenge still lying ahead for those children. The, those um, stats are always super scary to me, um, specifically mm-hmm. taking into account how critical education is. And I think because we have a lot of people, uh, you, you know, if we put the right focus, we potentially have something that we could export uh, in terms of human capital, but uh, you, that yeah. early stage is so is so critical. So, so you almost sort of answered already the next question I wanted to ask uh, in terms of uh, who your typical customer is, if uh, if we can call it that. So you said this early early uh, learning uh, stages, yeah. Um, and I, and I assume you picked that because um, that that's really the the foundation from where everything happens for for the for life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, access to, to early learning environments is limited. Although there are over 40,000 preschools in South Africa, there are only 30, 30% of children attend one. So if 70% of children don't attend any form of early learning, they're not going to be school ready. So when they get to primary school and they get to grade R, they battle, um, and they can never catch up those years. So the formative years where the child learns more in the first five years than it does for the rest of its life gets into a primary school where, where classes may be overcrowded, where there are not teachers that, that are able to provide the assistance the child needs. And that leads to the high 
numbers of children dropping out of school. So, yeah, you've got to address it young and early and um, in those formative years. They are so critical. Yeah. So, so is that from, say, between two and between two and five? Is that almost like the target age or? So, yeah, between four and five is critical. Okay. Um, but most of our centers operate from naught to five. Wow. Yeah, or even naught yeah. to six. Okay. So, yeah, it's all that sort of socio-cognitive, emotional, children learn how to play um, and interact. Um, so there's just so much that in terms of development that happens at an ECD center besides just the pure learning. Um, and Marianne, um, it's a, a, I always ask this question in the business world in terms of what the biggest hurdles are that your organization face on a daily basis. I assume um, specifically – the fact that you guys are working in this in this sort of poverty-stricken uh, uh, segment, uh, your challenges are quite different from what we used to. Very different. I think you know the, one of the challenges that we have is we've got too many customers, <laughs> and our customers are the young children. Um, nobody can say that. It's, the, the need is huge. Um, there are, you know, so many children. There are so many centers that need help. I mean, half the centers don't have running water or flushing toilets. Um, you know, you're sitting with children in very unsafe, very cramped conditions that are not conducive to learning. So the challenge for us is, you know, which center next? Um, how do we, how do we eat this giant elephant that we have? And it can only be done at a small piece at a time. So, yeah, we see, obviously, through the work that we do, we see the need firsthand and we would, uh, we wish we could help everyone. And then, of course, you know, you could say, well, you could help everyone if there was sufficient funding, you could make it happen. So, yeah, it's the, the huge need out there and then access to funding is for us, is, you know, I think for every charity remains a challenge. And, and in terms of, because um, I know sometimes government can be sort of full of regulation and full of nonsense. Uh, do you find that you get support from that sort of sector? Um, not not throwing too much into the deep end. Um, no, we are. I mean, definitely the Western Cape. Um, we are working closely now to try and develop partnerships with this Western Cape um, Department of Basic Education. But the challenge is its budgets. Yeah. You know, li limited yeah. budgets are allocated to early childhood development and, and particularly to infrastructure. So it, most of the funding comes from corporates in South Africa and, um, you know, amazing individual donors that, um, that believe, you know, that the, these children are the future of South Africa and that they're going to make the difference that this country takes is needs, you know, so yeah. Fascinating. Okay. So, um, we, we spoke about your 30th anniversary. And you have this, uh, you, or, well, clearly you had this ambitious uh, 1,000 uh, goal. Just tell us a little bit about that. It was, yeah, it was hugely ambitious. Um, it was, you know, we, we couldn't have done it alone. Working with partners is what I think is is a huge strength in South Africa amongst charities is the willingness to collaborate and work together. We work with over 30 different partners. And uh, one of the partners that we work with in the Eastern Cape is also a nonprofit organization. Um, and we funded the infrastructure and they've delivered the infrastructure. And those have been brick and mortar ECD centers in the Eastern Cape. Um, and it's, you know, we've got a fantastic range of suppliers. But um, the, the challenge for us was, you know, how, how, how can we do this quickly? So we can turn around between four and six weeks. We can do uh, place a facility. And it took last year, we went over 220 um, different 
facilities that we enabled on the ground across the country. Wow. And that got wow. us to the 1,000. So this year we sort of going to say, well, you know, it's great. We've proven what we wanted to do. You know, we're out. We, we say we can do it. We know we can do it. But now it's going to look back and say, okay, what about the units that we placed 20, 30 years ago? Let's go have a look at those and fix those. Um, let's fix ECD centers, as I said, that don't have the funding where they may need a new roof or they may need a, a, a bathroom or plumbing re- redone on their site. We can help those as well. Um, and so it's very much to say we want to invest in centers where there is active um, learning taking place. There are a lot of centers in South Africa, no fault of the principal, but there's no active learning. They become almost like a babysitting, a creche, a safe okay. place for children, which is which is great, but at the end of the day, um, it does need learning. So working with partners to identify the sites where they are doing teacher training, because half the teachers, you know, ECD teachers are, are untrained. So that isn't going to uh, make a difference to the child's um, getting ready for school. So our focus now is very much on we're going to do 155 facilities this year. We're going to go back and fix some of the old ones. We're going to help some other centers get themselves to registration. Um, and we're going to work with um, another 30 partners, try and, and get another 30 partners on board and um, and see what impact we can make with together with them in the school readiness space. So, yeah, that's when, going to be our you, focus. When you talk about partners, what, talk what about type of partners. work do they do? These are what they call RTOs. They're, they're resource and training organizations. There are amazing companies like um, Impande in Eastern Cape, um, Center for Early Childhood Development, um, The Unlimited Child, uh, Elru, Sikula Sanke, the, um, there are just so many of them. Um, and they, Topsy Foundation in, in Johannesburg, and they work very closely with the ECD centers. They help them get to registration so that they can get the subsidy. But they also provide educational materials because there is no money. You know, I've never mm. met a rich principal yet of an ECD center. <laughs> um, and, um, and they help them with the teacher training. So they, they handhold them to get them through the, the government red tape to get them to registered yeah, status. Yeah. And then um, tell me quickly, just in terms of this 1000 achievement that you've done, uh, pre last year, the 250 plus that you did, what was your what was your footprint on the ground uh, pre this massive gigantic goal that you set yourselves? So in about twenty, I would say about twenty sixteen, twenty yeah, about around about there, twenty seventeen, we'd only done um, about five hundred. What we did is so you know we sort of said let's try and optimize the space on a site. Um, and it's not necessary about the number of shipping units you can get on there, but the way that you utilize that space. So we can effectively put a six meter shipping container down, subdivide it into a kitchen toilet facility out of that one six meter and, um, three toilet cubicles in that shared space, um, is sufficient for, uh, 60 children to use because you need one toilet for 20 children and a hand basin. And then that gets them to registration. So we looked at how can we effectively place facilities on these are very often very small sites. That's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. Um, Marianne and then, you know, I always sort of end the show by saying, uh, you know, we, we're having these discussions and you guys are doing um, amazing, amazing work. How can people get involved? There's, there's many, many different ways. Um, I mean, not everybody is financially able to donate um, to Breadline, but – there is also making a difference by selecting us as a beneficiary on your My School, your Woolworths card. 
um, every time you swipe makes a difference to us. And uh, Woolworths, my school, have been absolutely amazing in supporting us. So by supporting that process, that definitely helps us. Um, every every small amount makes a difference. So if somebody wants to do host a coffee morning or do a an event um, and do some fundraising, we're also registered on Facebook for birthday fundraisers. If somebody's got a birthday and says, you know, I've, I've got too much clutter, rather give the money to Breadline Africa. We're very very willing to help set that up for you. Um, and uh, yeah, we welcome, as I say, any any involvement in any way of any individual who wants to help. And so as a public benefit organization, we're able to issue tax certificates. So it's one way of saying, you know, you're actually not really losing a big amount of income. If you take your allowance and donate it, then you get a tax certificate in return to offset. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, again, we always talk about this and I think everybody in this country have a responsibility to, um, to contribute to the future. And, and we know the future is in education. Um, so we'll make that all of those details available later when we share the podcast. And, um, Marianne, thank you very much. Uh, I'd like to say you guys are doing God's work, but let's say you're doing fantastic work. It's amazing. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thanks for listening to Unbundled Boost brought to you by Catalytic a series that aims to boost business in South Africa. Remember that you can listen to all of the episodes on the Cliff Central Apple website. And for added convenience, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. And if you're looking for um, more information about Catalytic, please visit catalytic.co.za.